first scripture reading today comes from Romans 8, verses 12 through 25. And Paul is writing to the church in Rome. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. The word of God for the people of God. Let us join together in an attitude of prayer. Merciful God, we praise you and we offer up thanks to you for everything, especially that we can gather to worship you. We pray for those around the world who do not have this freedom, and we pray that you would continue to guard our freedom to do this. Lord, teach us to have patience. Guide us to show compassion. And lead us with your Holy Spirit so we will be better disciples of Jesus every day so your kingdom might be made known to all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to talk about horticulture. We're going to talk about weeds. And we're going to talk about good plants as well. And when I was thinking about this, I can't help but thinking about secondhand lions. I don't know if any of you have seen that movie, but for those of you who have, there's a place in there where the McCann brothers and their great nephew that they're raising. Uh, are gardening and they're walking around the garden and they've got all they've got all the rows marked as you should when you plant a garden you know you take the uh, 
the seed packet and you put it on the stake at the end of the row and then you know what's in that row, right? And they had all these seed packets there and, you know, one said beans and one said beets and one said corn or whatever. And they started looking at all the plants and they realized that they all looked remarkably alike. And they came to the realization that all, of the, all the seeds they had planted were corn. That the seed salesman had taken advantage of them and told them that, he, that they were getting a variety of different types of vegetables, but in fact, it was all corn. But they, and, and they did look alike. Well, this morning we're going to read about the parable of the weeds where it talks about how hard it is to tell a weed from the proper plant, the wheat, when it's first planted. But before we do that, I want to spend a few minutes because I think this is of vital, vital importance as I do many things, but as, as apprentices of Jesus, I want us to be clear what Jesus preached about. Seems pretty straightforward, but sometimes I think we go on, we get on a lot of rabbit trails um, unnecessarily. Jesus preached about the kingdom of God, or Matthew usually calls it, uh, Matthew calls it the kingdom of God. Some other places we see it as the kingdom of heaven. But uh, here is uh, here are a few examples that I want to give you. On all of these, just come out of the, the book of Matthew, talking about I, I, I misspoke. Matthew uses the term kingdom of heaven. Luke and the other gospel writers usually use the term kingdom of God. But these are just references, a few references, by the way. I would challenge any of you, it's a good word study, it's a good Bible study, to go, go through your, your Gospels and look at how many times Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And the first reference in Matthew that I want to talk about is in, found in Matthew chapter 4, right after Jesus came in from being out in the wilderness for 40 days and being tempted of the devil. And in Matthew chapter 4, 17, it says, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then we, not too many verses down, we start chapter 5, which, of course, is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is Matthew's chapter 5, 6, and 7. That's where we find it, and that and that really, that is the heart of, the, the, the soul of, the whole teaching that Jesus gives on the kingdom of heaven. If you want to find out what the kingdom of heaven looks like, look at the Sermon on the Mount. And the first thing Jesus says when he starts the Sermon on the Mount is, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then we go over to uh, today's chapter. 
I'll, I'll skip over today's verses because I'm going to read them in a minute. But today we are in Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew chapter 13 alone, there are at least nine direct references that Jesus gives to the kingdom of heaven. The first one comes in verse 11, and it says, Jesus speaking, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Skip down to verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, I'll skip over the next one because we're going to read that one in a minute. Skip down to verse 31. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And then, one more reference there, verse, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net which was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. And then in verse 52, therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. Jesus taught about the kingdom of heaven. He preached about the kingdom of heaven. He talked about some other things and preached about some other things and told us some, some, ways we, some better ways to conduct our lives, but his main message was the kingdom of heaven and the fact that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This morning I have four things that I want us to remember, and uh, since I have a background, I, got, I was... A lot, a lot of you realize I taught electronics at Austin Community College for 20 years. That was my moonlighting job. I always had a day job, you know, I guess that says it. But, uh, but I had a moonlighting job, too, when our children were small. And uh, so I, I taught in the evenings. And one of the things I learned was that even if you are real sharp and you're really paying attention that tomorrow you will only retain about 25% of the material that you heard in a particular class. And then it goes down from there as, as time goes on. And I mean, if, if, think about it. Think of all the hours that you have spent in class in your life. How much information from that do you really remember? Remember, you remember a good bit, but if you put it all on the balance, that good bit I would maintain is a very small percentage of what you were exposed to. So, of my four topics this morning, if you remember one of them tomorrow, you're doing well. Okay? So, the first one is I just said it 
Jesus preached about the kingdom of heaven. The second one is, is that evil is real, and it's a force in this world that is going on all the time, working against powers of good and God. The third one is, it's very, very difficult to tell who's in the kingdom of God and who's not in the kingdom of God. And the corollary of that is we're not supposed to judge. It's not our place to decide who's in and who's out. And just like with the wheat and the tares that we're going to talk about, or the wheat and the weeds, whatever translation you want to use, it's not always so easy to figure out. And finally, it's God's job to do it, and God will do it. There will be a judgment at some point, and God will say, this is wheat, these are weeds. Our reading does come from Matthew chapter 13, and the first part of it starts at verse 24. Another parable he put before them, saying, what do you think he's going to say? The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then has it weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No. Lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barns. Then we skip down to verse 36. And this is, this, is, this is so good because we don't have to question about this. You know, some of the parables that Jesus tells, told his disciples and that we read in the Gospels don't have an explanation. This one, we are blessed, has a very clear explanation. Jesus tells us exactly what everything in the parable is. Verse 36, Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. 
And the good seed means the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age. And the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers and throw them into the furnace of fire. Their men will weep and gnash their teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Merciful and loving God, we thank you that you love us enough to send your Son to explain to us the mysteries of your kingdom and the truth of life. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, first thing I want us to remember or to think about this morning when we're talking about the kingdom of God that Jesus preached is that the truths of the kingdom of God are reflected over and over throughout Scripture. Isn't it interesting, or I find it interesting, that this particular parable is so reminiscent of the fall story? Think about it. God, God makes a garden puts people in it. And in Genesis 2.15, God says, your job is to till and keep the garden. Again, agricultural examples are used all throughout the Bible. But anyway, there's a, there's a very close parallel there. And God says what? He says, you're free to eat of any plant in the garden except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Except from the knowledge of good and evil. And then what happens? We could say metaphorically while, uh, while people were asleep at the wheel, here comes the enemy and says, you know, isn't that about the best looking fruit you ever saw? And do you know how good it tastes? And God didn't really say, did he? So we have an enemy of sowing seeds of doubt, sowing weeds in the garden, if you will. You know, sowing weeds there in the garden. And then we, and then, and then we go on down to the prophets, if we go on down to the prophets, we see in the book of Daniel 
again, a very, very similar sort of deal as Jesus is describing here in the parable of the weeds and the wheat. We have the, the, the Hebrews in captivity in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar's the king. And they are living in a wicked world, an evil world. Uh, uh, and they still worship the true God. They still worship the true God. And look at what happens, right? Nebuchadnezzar has Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace in Daniel chapter 3. But it was the people that threw them in that got roasted, not them, right? Said you couldn't even smell smoke on their clothes when they came out. Hmm. And, in, and in Daniel chapter 7, it talks about the Son of Man coming at the end of the age for the last judgment, which, uh, which, of course, Jesus talks about in this parable. And then in Daniel chapter 12, it talks about the righteous people shining, as it did there in that last verse that I read, like the lights in the sky, like the stars in the heavens. So, pretty interesting. So, Jesus is preaching about the kingdom of God, about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the heavens. Now, I said that the next point was evil is among us. There's evil in the world. And again, I like the way, the, I like the way Jesus put it there. He says what? He says, the person who sowed the good seed was the Son of Man, Jesus himself. Another very neat thing about that that only recently hit me was we all know, we all know that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to teach us to do the same thing. Now, why would a why would any self-respecting landowner be out planting his own seed? Wouldn't tell his servants to do it, right? But not Jesus. It says he went out and planted the good seed. You know, he was being a servant, and he was being an example of a servant, okay? But there's evil that's working against the forces of good, against God. What's evil? Cruella de Vil, right? Y'all were looking like you were going to sleep, so I have to, I have to interject some, some lame humor, you know. And did you ever think about how her name was spelled? Anyway, uh, uh, 1 John 3, 8 says, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, right? Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, to destroy evil. Evil is anything that opposes God's will. That's evil. It doesn't, it's not a complicated definition. It's a real simple definition. Anything that opposes God's will is evil. God's will is what we are all to be following and seeking after. So evil is what is opposed to God's will. And it's very much alive. 
anybody doubts that, I ask you to stick your head out the door, okay? Uh, you know, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't take a whole lot of research to figure it out, to figure it out, you know. And then the next point is, which Jesus, again, very, very clearly told us in the Sermon on the Mount, back there, Matthew 7, 1, he said, what? Judge not, and you won't be judged. For with whatever manner you judge, people will judge you also, Right? Our job is not to try and figure out who's in the kingdom and who's not in the kingdom. We are not fruit inspectors, right? We are sheep. We are, uh, we are to follow the shepherd. We are to follow the shepherd. We're not, to, we're not supposed to decide, try to decide who's in and who's out. We need all of us. We need all of us to grow together and to grow up into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, you know, like I, like I often do, I talk about traffic. You know, those weeds that are out there on 1604, you know, and, and, and you may be one of them, you know. You know, uh, at, at times, you know, uh, we need them. We're, we're all, I mean, just look at it. If you want to look at it from a purely practical point of view, we're all putting in the same pot for the uh, road taxes, right? If it was just all of us who drove perfectly on the road, then uh, there wouldn't be as big a pool to make the roads. We'd, we'd all be driving on gravel paths, right? Or something like that. So, uh it's not our place to decide. See, and Jesus, Jesus knew very, very well. He picked his examples wonderfully. In Palestine, there's a weed that, that's, that's known as bearded darnel, bearded darnel. And when it comes up, it looks just like wheat, looks just like wheat. Even farmers who have been farming all their lives can't tell it apart from, from, from the wheat. So, and then what happens is, as it gets a little bit bigger, its roots get intertangled with the roots of the wheat. So again, just like Jesus said in the parable, you know, you've, he, he's, he's, got his, he's got his good slaves who say, we know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Don't you want us to go round up all the bad guys? And he says, no, wait. Wait until harvest time. And then you can clearly tell. You can look at it and see which is which. In the meantime, if you do it too early, you might rip up some of the wheat with some of the weeds. So don't do it. Again, again. It's not our place to try and decide who's in and who's out. As Jesus said, as y'all as y'all well know, one of my favorite verses, uh, John seven twenty four: Don't judge by mere appearances, but make a righteous judgment. I mean, we've all known. I mean, I can I can think of kids I went to grade school with, you know, and I thought, well, this person's going to end up in the electric chair. You know, but uh, but they they turned out to be they turned out to be wonderful people, 
They turned out to be wonderful people. We don't know, and we don't know the whole story of anybody's life, of anybody's experience base. It's not up to us to judge. But it is up to God to do that, and God will do that, the last point, at some time. There will be a final judgment. There will be a day when God looks at all of the mature plants, whoever, and will judge them righteously. Again, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, Jesus talks about when the, when the Son of Man comes on that day, it will be like a shepherd who what? Separates the sheep from the goats. Okay? But again, that's not our place. That's not our place. So, as you leave here today, as you go out and live your life this week, if there's one thing you could do that we could all do, myself included, is try not to judge other people. But see if you can remember the rest too. Jesus preached about the kingdom of heaven. Evil is here and opposes God's will. It's not our place to judge, but God will judge one day on, on the day of judgment. He who has ears, let him hear.